Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. As you probably already know, there is a spiritual war a raging around us. It is between God and Satan, between the light and the darkness. And at the middle of this war is you and me, mankind. And our greatest asset that God has given to us to seek victory um, in this life, in this war, is prayer. And so today we're going to be talking about prayer different aspects of prayer, and how it is essential to the life of every Christian seeking to find victory in Jesus. So let's jump right into this conversation with Pastor Nate and see how prayer is a great weapon in this spiritual war. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I <laughs> I just, uh, yesterday I had jury duty and um, I was getting a little nervous there. But man, once I got in the courtroom, it was like this desire to perform my civic duty just came over <laughs> oh, me. I yeah. was feeling so pumped to be an American. <laughs> so noble. Yeah. And then they heard that I was a pastor and uh, the the state dismissed me. They, that, that was they it. no that... longer wanted juror 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was right oh, there. Man, but man, funny. once I got in that juror's box, I was like, You're I'm ready it. to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> All those Law & Order episodes you've totally. watched and everything am, yeah. is kicking so, in. Yeah, so I got a little bit of my week back, so I'm doing good. Wow, how yeah. funny. Yeah. I wouldn't have even realize that you were on jury duty because you are here right now. <laughs> that was like the shortest <laughs> sentence ever. It was. Oh, man. Well, it's good to have you here. Today we're talking about your article, Nate, uh, Weapon as a Prayer. It's called The Weapon of Prayer. And I really love this article, Nate, because I think that oftentimes we come to prayer and we can think a lot about prayer. You know, there's different styles of praying, like contemplative, uh, worshipful, or confession. I'm sure everybody in some way, shape, or form is familiar with prayer in these different kind of ways. But today we're talking about uh, prayer as a weapon. And you talk about how we are in a war spiritually and mm-hmm. how prayer is a weapon in that war. Yeah. I thought that'd be helpful, Nate, as we just start the conversation for you to kind of talk us through like what what is that war? What does that look like? And what does prayer play in that war? Sure, yeah. Well I mean the the whole article was just based on Ephesians six, eighteen through twenty, which comes right after the section where Paul talks about how all of us are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers mm-hmm. uh, over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And his exhortation is for us to be able to stand, and God enables us to stand yeah. in all of his blessings and promises and identity that he gives to us with these weapons that he gives to us. We mm-hmm. call them the armor of God or the armor of Christ. And then the final thing that he mentions after mentioning all of these specific weapons is that he concludes with saying praying. And Mm. then he has this long sentence where he talks about prayer. And so I sought to incorporate or think of that final step of prayer, like one of the weapons that we have in this spiritual fight, in this spiritual battle. So I think, you know, what is the war that we're in? Well, we're in a war for our 
souls and our mm. allegiance, you know, yeah. because every day we wake up with this decision on who am I going to serve? Who am I going to love? Who am I going to be allegiant to? Am I mm-hmm. going to serve right. God or am I going to serve the flesh? Am I going to mm. serve myself? Uh, every day we're in also a war for perspective and worldview. Am I going to believe the truth of God's word and allow his word to fashion my mind and my heart, my thought, my my thoughts and my perspectives? Or am I going to be carried along by what the New Testament calls this age, the yeah. course of this world? Am I going to be more a disciple of California or a disciple of Christ? Right. You know, what right. am I going to allow to mm. influence my heart and my mind. And then we're also, we're in a war just for in the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus looked at us before he departed to his disciples and told us to go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So there is a battle to do that work and there's yeah, a battle amen. in that work. So the battle to do the work is the battle between spirit and flesh. Am I going to obey my flesh and be lazy and just, you know, check out on the uh, uh, on the kingdom of God and, and Christ's priorities, am I going to seek fifth the kingdom of mm. God and his righteousness, yeah. or am I going to seek it first? Uh, but the battle of, uh, you know, kingdoms would be once we do engage in it, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's difficult. Yeah. It's hard to gain traction. You're face-to-face with your own failures in it. You're face-to-face with sin uh, in yourself and in other people, apathy, right. frustrations, you know, trials, difficulties. So we're in that kind of war. And it seems like behind all of that, there are these cosmic powers, this demonic realm, mm-hmm. and that's what Paul alludes to in Ephesians 6. So for all of that, he says, you know, take up the armor, including this life of prayer. Right. That's good. It's really helpful thinking through how prayer does help us in that battle. In your article, you talk about seven different kinds of prayer that help us in this fight, in the battle, mm-hmm. how it's almost like a weapon that's like got seven different kind of tactics almost or something like that. Oh, yeah. You're thinking of like the big Nerf gun <laughs> that's got... Yeah, seven barrel. Whenever I get, whenever I have a Nerf gun fight with my kids, I don't know how this works out, but they have the ones that have batteries and like batteries. bows no and scopes. And I just have this little handheld one that has three... Little oh, slots man. in it, and it's like all manual. <laughs> I run out of my bullets so quick. Oh, so man. you're thinking of something that's got, mm. yeah, it's it's a mm. it's a full weapon. Hopefully, and yeah. The reason that I talked about these seven things is not because I was, you know, inventing these seven things from my own mind, but I was just trying to draw out from the text the way that Paul talked about it. Right. So nonstop prayer, he said, at all times. Spirit-led prayer, he said, in the spirit. All mm. types of yeah. prayer, he said, with all prayer and supplication. Eyes open prayer, he said, to keep alert. Keep going prayer, he says, with all perseverance. Family-style prayer, he says, make supplication for all the saints. And mm-hmm. then preacher prayer and praying for the expansion of the gospel through the preaching of the word of God and, and actually praying for that. So I was just trying to draw out yeah. the multifaceted nature of it in what in the way Paul did. That's so rad. I love it. I love to talk about as many as we can get to, um, four in particular. But um, Okay, ambitious. I know. Let's we're we're going to try it. We're going to see how long this can go. But uh, let's just start with the first one. You talk about nonstop prayer. And I know for me in my life, I've been curious like how like what does nonstop prayer really look like in a Christian's life does that mean that I'm praying out loud all day probably not (laughs) does that mean 
that I'm asking God to help me with a decision or in a conversation quietly? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, this is what he says in Ephesians 6, 18. He says, at all times. And then, of course, we probably remind ourselves of the First Thessalonians uh, 517 verse where Paul also writing says pray without ceasing yeah. mm-hmm. so we're reminded of stuff like that you know and I think that a lot of times what we do with prayer is we turn it into this very mystical um, mm. and out of touch with everyday life right. kind of dynamic and it is interesting when you read about prayer especially in modern times it seems like when people want to write about prayer or research prayer They go back to a lot of the monks who Mm. were in a lot of ways just separatists. And it's Mm. like their faith, you know, to be honest, personally for myself, their faith a lot of times doesn't do me a whole lot of good because Mm. I am not, I don't have the option to live that kind of life. I'm I'm in the world, yet not of it. I'm, I'm walking around in the muck and the mire, you know, so although I think that there's some beautiful things about solitude and silence that you know, people like monks and many others have practiced over the years. The reality of praying at all times is like you just said, it's not that I am devoting my 24 seven experience to communion with God in the sense that I'm always talking or I'm always in an active posture of listening. It's for one that Christ has paved the way for me to have a perpetual, nonstop, unbroken fellowship with God. So Mm. this is won by Jesus Christ, that all times prayer is won by the Lord. But I think practically it just speaks of a constant dependency upon Mm. the Lord. Yeah. And to, in a myriad of moments, ask for God's help and strength. Mm. You know, like we could just take today as an example, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, when you when you asked me, hey, can we talk about that article? You know, I just, the, the first thing in my mind was, man, I'm learning so much about prayer right now, you know, yeah. and I, I there's so much more mm-hmm. that I want to get, you yeah, know, and I'm looking same. forward to my prayer life maturing. Mm. But that said, if we were just to take today, you know, I started my day with some time in the Word and in study of the Word, and then had a moment or a a set amount of time where I just sat down and prayed before the Lord. I was seated. Uh, I, for the most part, had my eyes closed. I was talking. I was uh, ceasing from talking and trying to just Mm. listen to any impression that I might receive from the Lord. And for 20 minutes or so, I had that kind of time of prayer. And then mm. I went to work for a little bit, and as I'm working, uh, there were a couple different things that were just kind of obstacles, and so I mm. ask, I'm asking the Lord as I'm going through, like, okay, God, I need your strength. I need your yeah. help right now. And I work from home. I have a home office, so after working for an hour and a half or so, I took a break to go eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. And when I came out to eat breakfast, it was so weird how just this... Uh, like th- I wasn't grumpy before, but yeah. this thing of like just grumpiness came over me and it was nobody's fault. Mm. Nobody had really done anything. I just was kind of in this like leave me alone kind of spirit. And I just knew that's not right. That's mm. not from the Lord. I've got some family members around here, my daughters. I want to be a blessing to them right. and help yeah. them get their day started well. 
So I was, you know, as I prayed over my breakfast and as I was sitting there eating, I was asking the Lord, God, would you, you know, help me right now. Help me to be cool. Help me to be loving. Help me to be gentle. And then, you know, continue to work, eventually came in here, you know, this afternoon. And there have already been just a couple of little conversations that I've had to ask as I'm talking and yeah. in that conversation, hmm. God, please help me, you know, to have the right thing to say, wow. to yeah. have the right spirit, you know, to be the right person hmm. right now in this moment. And I, so I just think all the time we're confronted with opportunities, you know, to confess sin. God, you know, I'm so sorry for the way that I thought about that person in right. traffic and yeah. just the way that they pulled their funky traffic maneuver <laughs> and it just did something inside me that yeah. I pray that you forgive me of that and cleanse me of that so I'm not like that anymore. And I look forward to the day where I'm just out in traffic and nothing bothers me, you yeah. know, like, and praying that way or, you know, I, so I, I guess what I'm saying is it's a continual kind of thing. So I love like, yeah. I love the uh, way the book of Nehemiah begins. It begins with him hearing bad news about Jerusalem, praying mm. very specifically about that bad news in Jerusalem, complete with confession and all these beautiful things, and then waiting, which was part of his prayer life, for an answer to that prayer. And then one day the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? And, he's, and he wrote in his book, and so I prayed. To the Lord, mm, yeah. and I said, and what he said was to the king. It was just that real quickly in that interchange of conversation, there was a little gap, a little space yeah. for a prayer to happen. His mm. heart was in that upward direction. Now I know that some people say, "Well, I pray all the time." You know, mm. I, I think probably if we took a poll, and I think people have done this in American yeah. culture, most people would say, <laughs> "I pray all the time." Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that's really true. Yeah. You know, I think that there's times where we get ourselves in trouble, you know, or we're feeling tired and it's a, oh, you know, God help me, you know, kind of thing. But I think if we really want to be people who learn how to, throughout the day, pray without ceasing, I really do think you do need to have a time yeah. in the morning or at some point of the day that is non-negotiable where you engage yourself in mm -hmm. prayer and it is designated as a time that you are setting aside for it. And then that's like a launching pad bringing you, you into an at all times, you know, kind of time of prayer. I, I just think practically that's the way that it normally works. Yeah. It's almost like there's a tendency to kind of lean on the pray without ceasing like terminology and to say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just kind of always praying. Yeah. So I don't yeah. need like a set time. I'm yeah. just kind of always doing it. Yeah. But there is an importance to having that like home base. Totally. Prayer. Totally. I mean, usually for someone who would say that, if you started mm -hmm. asking them, well, how about this person in your life? When was the last time you prayed for the, them or this mm -hmm. or that? They might then realize like, actually, I'm praying a lot less than, I, mm -hmm. than I'm claiming to yeah. have prayed. I'm more going to God when I need energy or, you know, help in a trial or something like that, but I'm not really, you know, interceding or intentionally confessing. So I, th I just think it's helpful to think about it as in, in your morning quiet time as like a launching pad into yeah. an at all times, all day long kind of time of prayer, because I don't think that the approach of saying, I'm going to have my time of prayer where I get all filled up and mushy gushy mm -hmm. and in love with God, and then it's yeah. just going to be like downhill for the rest of the day you know, from there. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's better to think about it like a launching pad that yeah, launches you into the day that God has for you. 
Yeah, I think that's really strong as well. That kind of leads into one of the other points you had, which was eyes open prayer, which you kind of opened up saying that, you know, you want to pray when temptation comes your way. Like you want to have your eyes open to when temptation comes your way. But you also want to have your eyes open for the needs of others when others are tempted, when, uh, when others are going through a catastrophic kind of time. So yeah. how does prayer act as a weapon in those moments? How, how does my prayer like interact with yeah. that? Well, the w- word that he used, he said, keep alert. And, you know, if, if we don't believe that our prayer lives do anything, yeah. you know, if, if we don't, think, if we don't yeah. believe that God hears the prayers of his people and actually responds to our prayers, if we don't believe that, then we will not keep alert. Yeah. We're not going to really seriously take a look at the trials and difficulties of the people that we love, mm-hmm. the um, obstacles that our local churches are up against, yeah. um, the cultural, societal idols and brokenness mm-hmm. that is all around. We're, we're really not going to pay attention to that stuff with any kind of attitude that there's maybe something that we might be able to do about that. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously when I say that, I'm confessing it's really not me that can do anything about right. it, but it's my God. Amen. But he's invited yeah. me to pray about those yes. things and to bring those things to him. So I think this is part of, like, this might be another way of coloring what Jesus said when he said, blessed are those who mourn. You know, Mm -hmm. to mourn, you have to be alert. You have to be awake. You have to be awake to see how people are hurting and the hate and division. You have to be awake to those things to be able to actually mourn over them and then, you know, bring them to God in prayer. So I think alert prayer is just being in tune with what's happening around you, you know? And it doesn't have to always be like, you know, on the big national, you know, societal movements kind of scale. Right. There's a lot of stuff in your own everyday life that no one else is exposed to, but God has let you see it for a reason. And he wants you to bring it to God, to to him uh, in prayer. So, so yeah, the eyes open thing, you know, just being, being, um, you know, ready to, to quickly bring, you know, these burdens before before God. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of a follow-up to that question. So yeah. there's, there's prayer for temptation. There's prayer for others. I love that you talk yeah, about... Yeah, I mean, we're not praying for temptation <laughs> to come. <laughs> like, Lord, I need more of that. Please, Lord. Oh, <laughs> test me today. <laughs> You're bringing up what this, you know, originated where this originated from in the gospels when Jesus, you know, told the disciples, you guys are going to be tempted. So you should keep alert in prayer because you know, temptation's coming. So we we know temptation is coming. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. So let's pray in advance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, is it right to, to in addition to prayer, take like physical action against something or should we rely solely on prayer, I guess is what I'm asking. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, well, I mean, if if there's a temptation that you know, that's going to come in my life, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, As you pray, you're going to be building up your spiritual strength for the moment that the temptation comes into your life. But also as you pray, the Holy Spirit might whisper into your heart, you need to to call this friend of yours Mm -hmm. and tell them what you're battling or what you're going Mm -hmm. through. Or you need to 
send this person a text and let them know where you're at right now and mm. the temptation that might happen just by being in that place, you know, yeah. but that you, you got to go, you got to do this thing, you know, you're not trying to put yourself in harm's way, but you just mm-hmm. know there might be a temptation there. Um, so no, absolutely not. You know, it's, it's, it's prayer. And then a lot of times from that prayer, the Lord will put things in your heart that, that, you know, you need to do to help yeah. prepare yourself for that temptation. It might've been for James and uh, John and Peter that when they prayed for that temptation, uh, or about that temptation that was coming in their lives, it might've been for them to look at each other and say, Hey, stay awake, you yeah. know, stay awake. Mm-hmm. Let's keep praying, you know, and understand your own fragility and that, you know, we're going to have a tendency to be afraid of being his disciple. You know, that, that time right. is coming and giving each other those kinds of exhortations might've been helpful. Mm. Yeah, that's super good. I know. But I love that you asked that, you know, because well, you're, you're, thinking, you know of, I mean, you're right? thinking of the guy that's just <laughs> saying like, that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. I'll just pray and pray and pray and pray about it. And then the decades will go by and I'm going to be stuck in that temptation and sin exactly. and have no level of victory. Like as you, as you're praying, as you're keeping alert, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go to your brothers or sisters in Christ and, right. and say, look, I need, I need help. This is what I'm going through. Uh, there's some things I'm going to get rid of in my mm-hmm. life. There's some apps I'm not going to have. Right. There's some access I'm going to have revoked. Yep. There's some eyes I'm going to put on Amen. this. You know, I'm going to walk in the light as he is in the light. And what that means is I am going to allow things to get exposed, yo. And as they're exposed, (laughs) then I'll do better, you know, and have power over the temptation. And oftentimes, I mean, prayer is oftentimes the vehicle for a lot of that happening, right? It's like God just speaks to you and convicts you. And yeah, that is so good. Um, One of the other kinds of prayer that you talk about is the keep going prayer. And if I could just kind of quote one part that you said here, you said, the work of prayer takes perseverance, but the deeper we go, the easier it becomes. And I was just kind of curious if you could explain this to us, because I think a lot of us, maybe we try to pray, but we feel bad at it. So <laughs> does it get better? It gets better, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's certain parts of it that uh, are always a battle. Yeah. You know, and we do go through ebbs and flows in different seasons of life. So we should expect that there will be times that it's easier right. than at other times and times that it's just painful and difficult to like get ourselves engaged. Yeah. But when I'm talking, I'm talking about the moment of prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so when you begin engaging, it's like that those first few minutes mm-hmm. to me, they are always the most difficult yeah. to really get engaged, you know, to really set aside every, you know, electronic device and everything Mm -hmm. that might distract and every curiosity that I might have and to set those things aside and to actually begin talking to God. You know, it's like when I sit down with Christina and we begin to have a conversation when we're around each other, you know, there's this wicked little thing that's always right there just saying like, you don't want to open up your heart to her. You don't want to really tell her like what's going on. You don't really want to know what's really going on with her and what she's really thinking about Mm -hmm. things. And you have to push through and say, no, that's, that is from the pit. That is not true. I want to know this woman. I want her to know me. And I want to do the hard work of even explaining where I'm at, what's going on. I think there are some similarities in prayer to our Father in yeah, heaven. Good. You know, we, we go and it's like, oh man, it can be a, a battle to break through 
at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it can be a battle to just stay in it. You know, you just kind of, <laughs> yeah. we want to quit, you know, so easily and just, yeah. okay, and amen. You know, I'm just going to move on, do something else. And I just think that as we persist, as we persevere, as we just stay there, uh, the Lord will help us. I think sometimes something that's helpful to keep us like persevering is to just, whether it's mental or actually physical, to have a list or two in your mind. Yeah, totally. To pray through. And, uh, you know, like for instance, I've there's a bunch of different groups of people, you know, in my life. Uh, family would be one. My small group would mm-hmm. be one. Uh, pastors, you know, here at the church or staff, you know, here at the right. church or life group leaders here at the church. Um, friends, pastoral friends, you know, yeah. throughout the world. And if I'm struggling in prayer to like really get moving, mm-hmm. that's a, a great way usually to dislodge myself a little bit and to be able to k- keep on going and to persevere is to just say, okay, I'm going to lift up this group right yeah. now. And I don't mean, Lord, please bless this group. I mean, Amen. okay, <laughs> man, number one, yeah. I'm going to pray for him. And as I, as I think about these different people, you know, to varying degrees, I'm in touch with the struggles and difficulties yeah. and seasons of life that they're in. So I just start praying for them about those things and then move on to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And usually I find with that approach, I generally run out of time mm-hmm. before I run out of people or things to pray for. Yeah. Yeah. That's good just to kind of talk about the work. Like it can be good. That's a really good, helpful, like practical example. Um, I think that that's, I've done that in my life after seeing you do that in your life. And that's been a helpful thing for me too. Just oh, yeah. dislodging things. Yeah. You have to have really a work place kind of <laughs> attitude about prayer. Yeah. Because if you go into it thinking like, I'm only going to pray what I feel like praying yeah. and whatever, you yes. know, just like this is supposed to be like super spiritual right yes and it's supposed to just be like alive and electric and emotional and all that kind of stuff like maybe you know maybe that will come maybe later that will happen yeah but the reality is it's it is labor it is hard work you know and there is a spiritual war that's going on to keep you from that so it's yeah it's like put put your hard hat on it's it's there is a little bit of effort and work mm-hmm. that goes into staying in prayer and, yeah. and persisting in prayer. Yeah, and then I mean that we're not even really talking about like that one thing that you've been praying about oh, for man. decades. Yeah, you know, and you yep. just keep bringing it to the Lord. You know, mm. and it's like, man, I just feel <laughs> like you know this is never going to happen, or when's there going to be a breakthrough? Christina right. and I were actually enjoying watching a, an answer to prayer that we've been praying mm. about for probably 15 years together right now oh, and, wow. and just somebody that we've been lifting up and, and praying for not super faithfully not uh with a ton of faith even probably but yeah. but the lord's faithful you know and, and so, so it's been good. really fun to see that you know answer to prayer after i don't know how many times of praying and kind of just wondering like and feeling as if Man, I've been praying about that forever. Yeah, when's that gonna? Is that ever mm. gonna happen? You know. Yeah, how so, sweet. Little man. faith we so often have. Yeah, that is so true. Oh man, we serve a good God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this last one I wanted to ask you about, Nate, was family style prayer. This one was so um, interesting to me. You said prayer for others releases us from our burdens, and 
even as I was reading that, I was thinking about last week in, um, in a prayer meeting that we had here at the church, you asked for all the pastors to pray for somebody, the person on their left. And something really special I know for me happened is that, um, as, as like you said here, that I felt like I was kind of released from a lot of my burdens mm-hmm. by praying for somebody else. There's something about considering somebody else's needs and what they're going through, their struggles that I felt like it almost like humbled me a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk about like what that's been for, like, like for you in your life? And what does that look like to, like, just like, what, what is that? Is that for real? Do we always experience that? Oh, yeah. I, I think I go through the same thing that you just described whenever I take the time to pray yeah. for, for other human beings, you know, because for whatever you, whatever you are facing, uh, even if the things that the people you're praying for are not even to the same degree that you might be going yeah. through, you know, you don't always have to find somebody who's got some, you know, massive earth shattering trial in order to get perspective. Yeah. That's not the thing. It's just that setting your love and your heart on somebody else. Yeah. It's just so, it's so healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, it's unhealthy to always be thinking about yourself. Right. And right. so a lot of times that does chase us into prayer, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just, a long time of self-thought and my yeah. own stuff and my own trials and my own wisdom that I need, yeah. you know, in situation. So it is really nice to just get your eyes off of the self and to focus on other people, to love on them through praying for them. And uh, yeah, what Paul said, making supplication for all the saints. Yeah, And I mean, it's just so... Um, well, it is healthy for you to do this. I mean, it is healthy to pray for the persecuted church throughout the world. It is yeah. it is healthy to pray for uh, the work, uh, the mission work that's happening throughout the world. It, it is good to pray for your local church. It is good to pray for other believers that you know inside your local church. It's really good for you and really helpful to you, for you. But that's obviously the super secondary Mm. the distant second uh blessing of it the the big blessing is that prayed in faith god responds yeah and he's he's doing stuff for those people that you are praying for it's the blessing of god being laid out upon their lives so the bigger blessing is what god does for the people that you're actually praying for yeah you know and it's just really cool to think about that you know it's like paul and all of his people that he prayed for a lot of times while he was in prison and he couldn't do a whole lot for them by actually going to them or being with them or listening to them, but he could pray for them. And when you think about it like that, it's like, I might not have money to give. Mm. I might not be able to, you know, heal you. Mm. I might not be able to really do anything for you in your life, but I can pray for you. I I can always do that. And every believer has that resource. Every believer, we might not all have the resource of, you know, a talent, special talents that would bless a a certain person or finances or all these different things, but we all have the resource of God. Mm. So we can help bring God to bear more and more in people's lives by praying for them. That's so good. It reminds me, you know, it's it's easy to think about prayer as just like a between me and God only kind of resource, but to think about our battle in this world and think that, and are made to like, 
like you said, have your eyes open to everybody else's battle. <laughs> yeah. And then just like, yeah. just open up your heart and pray for them and the struggles they're going through, the lives that they're living, the things that they're facing. Yeah. It's just so good to see God answer those prayers like you alluded to earlier. It's just like, what is happening? God is doing something so not me. <laughs> totally. It's just so, totally. so God. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong for us to pray for ourselves right. and our own right. situation, our own lives. The reality is that probably no one is going to pray for you like you pray for yourself, mm. except for you, probably your mom. I bet your mom, <laughs> prays, mom prays for prays you than more than you for pray for yourself. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, it's like there's going to be things that you know about, that you're concerned with, that, that no human being, unless yeah. they have a word of knowledge or wisdom from the Lord, is going to know right. to pray for you. So totally true. that is great and beautiful and good. We shouldn't feel yeah. condemnation for actually lifting up our own yeah. lives to the Lord. Amen. We're commanded to do so, right. we're to give our cares, our anxieties, our concerns mm-hmm. to him. But it's beautiful, refreshing, and helpful to people when we pray for them. Right. Just to close this out, Nate, what would you, or do you have maybe like a, a word of encouragement to somebody who's been feeling like their prayer life is laggy or like they haven't been seeing answered prayers or like um, they've been praying for others, but it feels like they're, I don't know, maybe like just something's like not connecting in their heart between prayer and the Lord. Yeah, well, I mean, you do want to pause and to ask the Lord if there's any significant unconfessed sin mm. that is residing there in yeah. your life and heart. I've been surprised so many times in, the, in my time of uh, church work of, talking to people who say something to me like, I just don't really feel a very strong connection to God when I'm praying. And then I'll talk to them and I figure out, oh, you're live well, you're living with your girlfriend yeah, right now. Right. You know, you're you are actually just persisting in a mm. known sin and yet expecting to have these hyper close times wow. with, with God. You know? Yeah. So you do need to take a a moment of inspection, I think, in your own life, and I think I'd be remiss not to mention that. Yeah. But otherwise, recognize that what you're going through is normal, mm-hmm. and that uh, you—it's—it's it's almost like congratulations. You're no longer in Christian kindergarten. Mm. You have been allowed by God Almighty to graduate into the more mature levels mm. of Christianity, where. You are being asked to do things that you don't feel like doing at the at the very beginning. Yeah. But as you enter into them, you must believe, uh, Hebrews 11, 6, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently right. seek him. And Galatians 6, that as you sow to righteousness, you will reap mm. of everlasting life. It's when we're younger in Christ and first getting started with our walk with the Lord that he'll allow those times to be more often, if not always, dynamic, easy, responsive. Yeah. But when we come into the more mature times of our Christian life, he'll allow it to, to be more of faith and less of experience and emotion. So you just need to engage in that struggle. Mm-hmm. And whether it means that you say, I'm going to take these 30 minutes and I'm going to go walk, I'm going to get in the wilderness and I'm going to talk to God, or here's a list of people that I am definitely going to be bringing to God, or I need to grab one of my brothers in Christ and say, let's meet every week and let's pray for these things. You know, whatever it is, 
take some steps to try to dislodge that issue so that you can move forward in prayer. But don't fear it. It's just the reality. It's just what is. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. If you're looking for some more content from Pastor Nate, please head over to nateholdridge.com. You can find a ton of podcasts there, articles that Nate is working on, and teachings that he gives at his home church, Calvary Monterey, and online. Also, while you're online, please consider going to the iTunes store or whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, and please leave a rating and review. That would help us out a ton. But until next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.